God damn, man. I can tell you're on it. Ugh. Hey, man, I'm trying to come to play. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Witty Banter, episode number 58. I'm one of your hosts, Chase Williams. Joining me today, my co-host and super host, Mick Hosteson, it's Hunter Weed Whacker Dorset. <laughs> Weed Whacker? <laughs> sure, man. I've decided since I have to do uh, like new names every time that they're just going to start getting just gonna real get weird. Random. Yeah, they're going to get strange. That's completely fine. I mean, uh, Weed Whacker caught me off guard and a delightful surprise. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I'm going for. I'll man. take it. It is late on a Saturday night here in Austin, Texas. You've driven down yet again because you had late another show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just got done watching. Or I got done watching. You just got done playing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You fucking drew a crowd. It was really... It was probably the most amount of people that we played in front of, for sure. I think. Dude, there was people dancing. Yeah, I know. You well, got people moving, I man. think that one guy was like really wasted, but still, uh, he we're going to take it. He was feeling it. Yeah, he, he, he liked it. I like your new songs, man. I appreciate it, yeah. I mean, uh, I think... A lot of our new songs, like the, you know, me and Blake were doing some, uh, some, some writing that was just sort of on our own, but then a lot of it was really influenced by our new members. So yeah. we're, we're glad with how it sounds right there now. There were a we couple were moments where like, I could kind of feel some of the emotion coming through, Not you know? Well. Man, that, bit of, that is the juice ticket. Yeah. And that's what we're going for. connection so. there. Well... Witty Banter is a show where we review a beer every episode, so we're going to get right to that real fast before we transition into the episode. I got a lot of news stories for us, and Hunter, it's been a fantastic weekend and a fantastic day. I have a feeling this is going to go, it's going to be a long show, it's going to be a fun show. I think we're going to enjoy this one, man. So why don't you tell me what we're working with beer-wise here? Okay, so uh, just handed Chase the Tarvin, open up his. We got the Prairie Artisan Ales Tulsa Rugby Ale. And it is classified as an American Pale Ale, an okay. APA, maybe if you will. Oh, like um, <laughs> I'm gonna look around. I'm gonna see if I I found it. Five point four percent alcohol by volume. Okay, they're doing it right. They're putting so, the, the uh, pertinent information on. Yeah. That. So I guess with our our knowledge about ABV, five point four is not a very super strong no. amount, but uh, there's room there to surprise us too. So I guess. I don't really have, there's not a whole lot of information about like the taste of the beer itself on the bottle. All they have is a cartoon of some dudes playing rugby, which yep. is, I guess is an appropriate for the Tulsa Rugby Ale. And uh, I would like to think that this is our second encounter with Prairie Artisan Ales, correct? Yeah, we've, I think we've done a, another Prairie. I think, yeah, I think we've done another one. You still have that fucking big spreadsheet of uh, beers that we review. I do. Stuff? Maybe I'll maybe I'll pull it out and uh, have to clarify at halftime. I got to imagine that all of your like newfound skill with Excel at oh, this point. Oh, you don't even know. I have a feeling you could go into that spreadsheet I right don't now. Don't even know. And update the shit out of it and just make it like make beer on its own or something crazy at this point. Yeah, I mean... See, I'm not even as high up as some people as far as like their knowledge on Excel. Some people have Excel files that are live updating with like, like if the stock market is doing something during the day, it's like live updating. So they're constantly in front of something that's constantly changing based off of just like metrics that they put in there and stuff. I'm like, wow, yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. Luckily, I don't have to do that that much. Sure, sure. 
Well, I poured it up, and uh, the fucking head was huge. Same here, man. It's this big, thick, white head, um, and it's got... It's, like, super yellowish. Thick, bubbly. Yeah. it's It looks super carbonated. I haven't been able to take a drink because... It's incredibly I've, carbonated, actually. Look I at a, that. Yeah, I got a ton of foam coming up my yeah. way. So, but I've I mean, s- could be partially on the users. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to go, this is the We're beer. at the point now where we I gotta- pour the beer the same fucking way every time. <laughs> I am the, uh, what is it, the control variable at this point. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I do know what you so mean. So I haven't gotten to take a, a sip yet, but I have smelled it. And I got to be honest, so it's a pale ale, right? I, when I hear pale ale, I just think it's going to be like mild malt um, right. with maybe some like bright hop character, just mm-hmm. a little bit of bitterness about to balance it out. What yeah. I smell, honestly, I'm getting kind of like a, I'm picking up some like, some yeast, like, uh, like Belgian yeast in a way. Yeah. Almost banana Yeah. And I'm getting a, uh, the, the fruit I'm picking up, I'd say is like Mandarin or something. So, so you're, I mean, Mandarin, would you consider that a citrusy, a citrusy feel? It's a fucking miniature orange. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I uh, can't debate that. I'm just trying to, uh, to clarify maybe, uh, some of the, some of the terminology you're going to use. I, I, I feel like I can't ever, ever get a good whiff of foam. I can't, well, yeah, I can't right. sniff through foam for some reason. Uh, Chase is going ahead and taking his first sip there. What's wow? A, what's wow? You wow. got a you got a Owen Wow. And uh, <laughs> honestly, dude, that you got to try that, man. It's okay. it's dry. It's like not very sweet at all. And dude, that was so drinkable. That was smooth as hell. What do you think about that? It's good. It's um, I felt like it was going to be maybe a little bit more bitter from the way I smelled it, yeah. and then yeah, it was pretty straightforward. Uh, I guess it has sort of a, ch- a sh- shorter taste profile. Um, it doesn't linger. It seems around in my mouth very long. Oh my god, this is fucking fantastic! Is it? Would you dare to venture to say that it's uh, dare to a sessionable? I don't know yet. I can't go that far. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna go ahead and just. It's so largely dependent on our conversation, isn't it? Like what our reviews of a sessionable beer is. Like right. if if we don't have like an amazing feel off of it, well, if we don't have like, an amazing session, yeah, how can we dare call the beer a sessionable beer? <laughs> how can we dare to venture? Yeah, I, I get you. <laughs> All right, man. Well, like I said, we got several news items, so we might as well go ahead and start getting to them because we got a big show to lay out. I think we do. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun show. Strap in. We we wanted to have our buddy Max on it, but he got stuck at home and he was pretty bummed out about that. So our. Uh, our thoughts go out to Max tonight. Yeah. Everyone take a moment of silence and say, Max, you're going to get through this. Yeah. And um, we relish the next moment that you will compete street fighter torally. Yeah. And, yeah. and much like when uh, Goku gets everyone's energy from the earth, <laughs> we're sending you our energy. Man. Our energy is being thrust up to the atmosphere. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking speaking my language. Wow, you dig it. Yeah. All right, man. Let's go ahead and get into the news. This is Witty Banter. All right, man. Our first story. Street Fighter V breaks records at Evo 2016 with more than 4,000 competitors, making it the biggest Evo yet. 
Dang. Capcom's latest Street Fighter game has resulted in record numbers of players competing in the annual Evolution Championship Series fighting game tournament, better known as EVO. More than 4,000 players have signed up to play Street Fighter V at EVO 2016 in July, organizers said on Twitter. Those numbers continue to rise, according to EVO reps, and there's still two months left until the registration deadline. This is awesome. Yeah. So I thought this would be a good story to lead off with because I went to a Street Fighter tournament today. Yes, you did. Um, and I've been... Name, name name the tournament. Uh, so the convention that I went to was DreamHack here in Austin. Okay. And I had never heard of DreamHack before uh, until, this, until someone told me about this tournament. And apparently this is the first time that this convention's been in the U.S. Apparently it's like a UK-based thing. Okay. So it's an imported tournament. Yeah. Cool. Um, and when I looked it up, their tagline is like something to the effect of like the world's biggest land party. <laughs> okay. And when you go in, dude, I have oh, the, the half of the entire showroom floor was dedicated to bring your own computer areas where people came in, hmm. brought their PCs and everyone just set up and they were just playing games. Wow. It was amazing. Like yeah. the fucking energy there, dude. Like I, I've been to the other South by Southwest gaming convention and it's like much more uh, game driven where it's like a ton of developers yeah, yeah, yeah. showing off their games or whatever. This one was more of like, let's all get together and play games. Mm -hmm. The games that we want to play. Play forward. Yeah. And so there was a number of tournaments there. Street Fighter being one of them. Cool. Um, and I've, you know, I've, I've been sort of playing and I was like, I'm, I'm going to test my metal. I'm going to see what I can do. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so you're saying that this wasn't actually like a street fighter turn. This wasn't a street fighter based convention. No, it, it wasn't, wasn't like everyone there was gathering for the street fighter thing. Right. But they was had a that big one presence. Of, was that one of the largest, you know, drawers of the crowds of the yeah. attention. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think it was the largest, but it certainly had a big presence. Okay. 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 So, but we're looking here at this Evo uh, record setting numbers of people signing up. And you know, what it says to me is that street fighter five is becoming, I mean, it's blowing up, dude. It's, it's getting extremely popular and it's getting some praise. I kind of wanted to loop this into a news story that you and I did back when we were still at my apartment when we started Witty Band. Wow. So top, like the first 20 yeah. episodes. Okay. Okay. And yeah. Bring it on. It was a news story back in the day that Street Fighter five was going to be a PlayStation four exclusive. Yeah. And we, I, we had maybe some reserves, but also saw the upsides. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And I was like, I was, I was like dude this is a get you know mm -hmm. like this is huge and you were kind of like you're like i don't really understand why you know mm -hmm. but this game is such has such a like a fucking passionate niche like community not not even niche i mean it's big right there are people that play only play street fighter right you know that yeah. is what yeah yeah it, exactly and when you go um like when i went there today and they have their entire tournament area set up it's just playstation after playstation after playstation and i think that just has a powerful effect. I mean, it's it's you can also play it on PC, so it's only a console exclusive mm -hmm. to PlayStation. But when you go there and you're plugging in and you have to use PlayStation controllers and you have to operate through the PlayStation, like it's just and not to mention all of these conventions have to buy the Playstations. Like yeah. that's also a business for them. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I just with the, with this new story, I wanted to just like kind of put a congratulations to the team who did Street Fighter Five on the success because it's clearly blowing up in a kind of big way, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're, and so, I mean, the actual news story itself is about Evo, right? About it blowing up and it being the biggest sort of, uh, event in its, in its character in a long time or yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome too. I mean, it was, it was cool. I mean, we had your friend Andrew 
Yeah. Mr. Tarvin over Mr. Tarvin. The fucking namesake of the beer opener that's been opening Witty Banter beer since day one. Seriously. A yeah. gift of his went a very long way. It's still good. It keeps on giving. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know it's a good gift. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was really, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like, you know, I've known you and Max for a long time. So when I hear about the whole Street Fighter thing, it's usually like me knowing you and then hearing the street, street Fighter realm filtered through how I know you. Right. This was one of the first experiences where we had a friend of yours and Max's over, and he seemed so deep into like the world. Right. Like where, the scene. Yeah, the scene of it where, I mean, I was so, I was enamored with how how much you know i don't want to say esoteric because of the connotation is sort of bad but i mean mm-hmm. stuff that i couldn't really i mean i couldn't speak to any you didn't know the vocabulary yeah, yeah yeah and and but it was still cool it was still sure. like like being in the midst of people that had so much to say so much you know have you seen this video about this guy doing this thing and like they were constantly, you know, there was this constant new energy that was coming out about it. And I thought that was cool, man. It was cool, like, seeing that that there's a community that's based around that and that there's a lot of energy that's based around Well, that's the big reason why I wanted to go to the tournament. You know, one, just to see how I would do because it'd be fun. But two, I just wanted to, like, immerse myself in that community because, like, it is a, um, it has its own character, you know, yeah. and... There is a vocabulary, and it's one that I've been learning. And now, you know, when I was sitting next to, I was watching the main stage, mm-hmm. sitting next to people, and I can like communicate with them, in, and I understand all of the terms. And like, you're sitting there watching these matches together. And dude, there's been Sunday mornings where <laughs> I'll put on there'll, there'll be a be a tournament somewhere on Twitch, and I'll just have Street Fighter on, and I'll just watch it. You know, it's just so entertaining to me. But yeah, yeah, no, I think it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's like one of those things where. I understand my limitations and probably being able to do it. I, I could if I really dedicated a lot of time to it. Yeah. But uh, I think it's super cool. And uh, getting to getting to watch people that are fully engaged and engulfed in that scene is uh, it's an experience. It's, it's fun spe- to watch other people's passions kind yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Play out. All right, man. So this next news story is a pretty interesting one. All right. Here's the title. The writer of Dragon Ball Evolution <laughs> offers a sincere apology to fans. So the guy who wrote Dragon Ball Evolution, which is known as like the fucking shittiest Dragon Ball (laughs) Z movie of all time. It's live action. It's like we almost don't want to really actually consider it like a legitimate yeah, contribution I've never even to seen the it. Dragon Ball Z story, right? Yeah, and yeah. I'm a massive fan. I've never seen it, yeah, right? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Anyway, the guy's name is Ben Ramsey. Basically, this guy, uh, his name is Derek Padula, and he's writing a book, um, and he was hoping to interview Ben Ramsey for his book. And when he wrote to him, the response he got back was this apology. So I wanted to read this apology. It's kind of long, but I think it's worth it. I just want to get your take. Yeah, okay, cool. Let's hear it. So this is what he says. He says... I knew that it would eventually come down to this one day. Dragon Ball Evolution marked a very painful creative point in my life. To have something with my name on it as the writer be so globally reviled is gut-wrenching. To receive hate mail from all over the world is heartbreaking. I spent so many years trying to deflect the blame, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to the written word on page, and I take full responsibility for what was such a disappointment to so many fans. I did the best I could, but at the end of the day, I, quote, dropped the Dragon Ball, end quote. 
<laughs> he then says, I went, onto the, I went into the project chasing after a big payday, not as a fan of the franchise, but as a businessman taking on an assignment. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, have, yeah. I have learned that when you go into a creative endeavor without passion, you come out with suboptimal results and sometimes flat out garbage. So I'm not blaming anyone for Dragon Ball but myself. As a fanboy of other series, I know what it's like to have something you love and anticipate be so disappointing. So to all the Dragon Ball fans out there, I sincerely, sincerely apologize. Well, thank you, Ben Ramsey. What do you think about that? It takes a lot of uh, gumption and, and uh, you know, awareness. I mean, people made him aware of it, I'm sure. But yeah. it's, I mean, it, at least it's nice to feel like there's the closure that, like, yeah, that wasn't our best effort. Yeah. Um, but doesn't that seem sort of obvious? Like, if you consider film and uh, movies to be a, an art form, why why wouldn't you want to do something, especially something that's, that is so sort of niche, where you do have a big following of people that are really into this thing? Why wouldn't you want to become a fanboy before, before taking that on? I, yeah. I don't even understand how, I mean... Even if I knew that it was just going to be some money grab payday thing, I would still do a lot of research and like want to pay homage to what people are expecting and would want to have, right? I mean, yeah, and like I have no idea what the uh, situation was and it was all getting the deals are being signed and all that, but yeah, it is it it seems like one of those things where it wasn't like, okay, let's make something for the hardcore fans who will then double dip, triple dip, you know, like buy the DVD, go see the movie a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. It was more of like, okay, let's take this known property (laughs) and, and just try to cast the biggest net we can, you know? Yeah. But I mean, that's, but that's, what's weird is that if they would have actually, if they would have paid more homage, they would have been casting a wider net. They, they almost, you know, isolated their own effort by not really capitalizing on the story that exists as it does. Well, I mean, the second people saw how awful Piccolo looked, they were like, I don't... a lot of it. I mean, even just the setting. Even Goku. Just the setting of Goku as a teenager in high school. Yeah, fuck that. You're like, dude, are you (laughs) kidding me? (laughs) Really? So, I mean... I'm glad that it's it's cool. I mean, I'm I would like to think that we don't sit here and just talk shit about people who don't put out good quality product or whatever. Like the, you know, the same way that we had a, a new story about the ending for Lost and how this guy had to retract himself from Twitter. I don't want that to be the case. I don't want this Ben Ramsey guy's life to be ruined because he didn't put out a good Dragon Ball show yeah at the same time i care a lot about dragon ball and dragon ball z i'm one of those people (laughs) and uh you know i'm glad that he stepped up and and sort of asserted that it wasn't his best effort he learned from it that and 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 asserting that if you're going to do a movie that's like this that you need to be somebody who is a fanboy. You need to be one of those people that you want to see what the other what the fans want to see kind of thing um just sucks that so much money was put into something that wasn't able to actually capitalize on those feelings. It was more just on let's it's surprising how 
they could have they could have really done something cool uh, in my opinion i mean if you have that much money going towards something they really could have capitalized and dude, done something dude i mean cool. how many fucking youtube fan videos do you see that are just that fucking, are cool yeah. <laughs> that are cool that's <laughs> so dope and they're dude. trying to get money to do what they did you know yeah. and so i mean there is so <laughs> We're so close. Like there is the potential is dude, all there. I don't know, man. I think I think that boat is, that ship has sailed. Maybe. I mean, I don't know if I've ever really seen anime is such an interesting, you know, realm because I don't know if I've ever really seen a, a live action interpretation of an anime original that I was like, oh, super cool, or, yeah. or even of anything other than maybe like comic books that sometimes live up to it. Well, anime know? always seems to me so abstracted that when you do try to put it into like a human type, when you got to humanize yeah. people, it it's hard. But I will say I've actually seen uh, the like cosplay of the main character from Death Note. And it's oh. uncanny how <laughs> yeah. good this kid I looks. Bet, dude. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I actually can't remember that guy's name in the show, but that's a great one. Yeah. Death Note is solid. Death Note was cool. <laughs> okay, dude. So this next news story I put in um, to my little docket here. Put it on the docket? Fairly early in the week. Um, but then the story just started developing. Oh. And it has to do with a little band that you and I like and enjoy called Radiohead. Oh, who, who is that? They uh, sing some songs. <laughs> a song or two here and there. That have gotten quite famous. Mm-hmm. This all started with Radiohead like erasing their internet pres- presence. I saw this, yes. They like went off and deleted all of, on all their social media shit, they deleted all their pictures and all their posts. And they erased everything, right? I think even beyond just erasing everything, they just made their like profile pictures and all this just blank. Yes. They like purposefully went and made stuff blank as opposed to just like, we don't have a profile picture. Their profile picture is just a white blank space. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. And so then you're like, okay, what is Radiohead doing? Like these guys are fucking weirdos. We know this, but you know, like what are they trying to- Still get a million likes for it. What are they trying to say? What's the message here? But then- a new song drops uh-huh. off their new album. Mm-hmm. Have you listened? It's called Burn the Witch. I actually haven't listened to Burn I the Witch I haven't listened yet. to it either, man. I've been sort of savoring it. Me too. I wanted to make sure that I gave it enough What's your of approach it, yeah. with this? Well, because well, let me let me let me say my piece real quick. Okay. I'm going to say your piece. Say it. Now I'm going to say it. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to do it. Whenever Alt-J uh, put out their new record, I remember like I specifically didn't want to listen to the singles because I wanted to hear the record all the way through. And I did the same thing for Lazaretto with Jack White. Okay. And I just want to get your take if you think that's kind of a dumb thing to do or if you see why listening to it all in one go um, as like an artistic fucking finished product thing is, is also a good way to go about it. Because at the same time, they choose which singles get put out. You know, it's not like... They don't, it's like, they, they don't have to put these songs out. They're clearly doing it on purpose. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, listen to this. But I'm like, no, I don't want to wait. You know, what, what, what do you think? About I think that? with bands that I really like, um, I think, you know, you're always tentative about giving, you know, the single too much of your attention mm-hmm. uh, because you are focused on the art that they're putting out in full album version, right? You want to respect that, and you want to not let yourself be sort of uh, oddly ha- have a weird perception of a certain song in the midst of their album because you heard it on a single all the time. Kind of like 
you know, with like uh, like Danny California with like Red yeah. Hot Chili Peppers. You don't want that to happen. Um, oh, that was a good song. But when you hear Danny California in the midst of their album, you're like, it feels this out of is place. The single, yeah. like this is the single that I'm hearing. You know, um, with Radiohead though, it's it's weird because. None of, I, I feel like it's been a long time since they've put out a single that is just like single material, you know what I mean? Where it's like, this was clearly meant to be their single. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I often never, even though sometimes I'll hear like, um, I've heard Reckoner on the radio, I've heard... Um, I've heard Paranoid Android. Yeah, I've heard Paranoid Android, I've heard... Um, there's another one off in Rainbows that I heard that's pretty regular, but I, I don't really like, you know, I don't really, I've never heard it, overheard it on the radio. It's definitely never gotten too much uh, DJ time. Yeah. And uh, so I feel like it hasn't really, in that regard, taken away from what it contributes to the album sure. for me. Even like Lotus Flower, you know, I mean, Lotus Flower was a single. Right. Um, My favorite radio song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think... If if that's how you want to process it, that is completely fine. Especially with this band, yeah, you know, um, I I think for me, it it I would like to hear it, but I could also stick around and wait for the album too because I think they're on the verge of dropping it, dude. And that's and that's sort of where I wanted to take the conversation, right? Just after you hear the single, then we then ACL tickets go live, and we find out that Radiohead's headlining. Yes, sir. And Hunter, dude, like. When I started listening to Radiohead, it was just after they had finished touring for the King of Limbs. You know, yeah. you had just seen them. And so, like, I really didn't have a chance to. And I remember being like, you know, because I, I spend a lot of my um, disposable income on concert tickets. You know, yeah, it's like yeah, what yeah. I like to do. And Definitely I, more than me. <laughs> yeah. And I remember with Radiohead specifically, I was like, I don't care if, if fucking GA costs like $1,000, I will fucking be there. You know, like, I have to get close to this band, right? Yeah. And here we are, dude. We're going to get to see them in October. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but they're about to release a new album, dude. And you want to talk about bringing up news stories from the olden days of the podcast? We talked about two years ago, the speculation of them working on this album. And yeah. here it fucking is where the music is coming out, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, how do, as a Radiohead fan, a massive Radiohead fan, they're your favorite band and incredibly influential on your musical taste. How do you fucking feel right now? <laughs> I'm excited, man. I mean, it's, 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 you don't want to have to put too much on their shoulders, you know? They are just some people at the end of the day. But there is, in my opinion, I feel like there's a lot of genius that comes from them. And they are sparing about their collaboration in a way where it's special when they do get back together. And, when they decide, like, okay, yeah, we're back together. We're going to start getting in the studio, start turning some knobs, start seeing what we like. Uh, that's all they do is turn knobs. Yeah, that's how I think of Tom York and Johnny Greenwood is just sitting in, like, a big control room of knobs <laughs> and just, like, <laughs> and being, like, being like, hmm, I don't know if, uh, if I like that one like that. You know, <laughs> like, that's all yeah. I really think about. But it's perfect, you know, and, and that's... I think that's what it takes in order to make something that's really something special. And uh, I will be honest that they, since I heard their stuff uh, of Hail to the Thief, which was, I think I was maybe like 15 or 16 when I heard that. So it was a little bit after it came out. But 
all of their subsequent CD or albums that came out, uh, you know, in Rainbows and King of Limbs, and then even listening back to ones before, like OK Computer and Kid A, I mean, everyone has been very influential on the way that I perceive music and even just the landscape landscape of music in general. Um, and I do put that role on them that like they are going to dictate and direct the way that I think about music. And <laughs> that's really, yeah, Woo! I mean, it's a huge mantle that's put on their shoulders in that, that way, but I actually totally think they're up to the task. Yep. And, um, you know, I, it's weird because I, you know, I completely idolize Tom York and I think that he's like one of the most influential musicians of all time. Yep. Uh, but you know, like whenever he had his own, like tomorrow's modern boxes, I still don't think I've listened to that whole thing. I don't, I don't try and like obsess over yeah. like, Oh, I gotta have it today and listen to it all today. Because I, haven't, I, I haven't listened to a single thing they've done outside of Radiohead. I feel like, and, and and but even with Radiohead, I feel like it's never been about like they released it. I gotta hear it because when I hear it, I'll understand how magical this thing is. I've it, it's taken so long for me to process a lot of their albums. I have to hear some of their songs like fifteen times for like three or four months before I start really like. Before it starts sinking in and they're like, yes, this is it. I mean, you know? dude, with Hail to the Thief, it took me maybe nine to ten listens before I was like, oh, okay, I like this album. Mm -hmm. You know? And like, what? Like, when I tell people that, they're like, what the fuck? Like, who sits there and says, oh, I didn't like this. I'll try it again eight times. I right. don't know what it is about them that like sort of brings that out of me. I think I think when I, th when I really try to assess what... I like about this kind of stuff. It's really just that it makes me feel things I haven't felt before. Yeah. Wow. And I think it's, it's that, you know, when you don't know how you feel about some of the stuff you hear, sometimes you're just like uneasy about it and you, you don't want to be too quick to like say like, I like it or I don't. So if you listen to it a few more times, then you start maybe even having like memories with it and you yeah. start being able to attach it to certain things and, and, then it starts inflecting on, yeah, like who you are because you were listening to this song when you were on the way to this thing, and you know what I mean? And so it really is for me a lot about just like uh, one, of the, one of their songs that for me is like I can't really put into great words how I feel about it is like Little by Little, mm -hmm. which is off of King of Limbs. And it's like this driving sort of like, almost like dark, somber riff, but I still like I'm smiling when I'm listening to it. And I'm like, I don't know if this is like serious or if I should be lighthearted when I'm thinking about this. There's just a lot of just weirdness, but it ends up being sophisticated weirdness. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm definitely looking forward to it, but I'm also looking forward to sort of the notion that, yeah, it's going to be a while before I'm going to be like, yep, this is a kick-ass album. You know, I know that I'm going to have to put some time into it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. There, there's not a single song of theirs that I dislike, and that's pretty impressive <laughs> considering, like, how I think they have almost 100 songs across yeah. all their albums. This is going to be their ninth album. Yeah, yeah I mean, and every one solid. of them always sounds 
d- distinctly different, but still them. And it's just, it is like a Christmas morning type thing. You know, yeah. it's like you, you get a radio, a five year you get, yeah, you get a Radiohead record, you know, yeah. it's like you get a Dark Souls game, you know, yeah. it's like, holy shit. My yeah. favorite thing is coming out. So definitely, I'm, I'm excited. Definitely looking forward to it. Okay. This next news story is in the space realm because we like space. Who doesn't? SpaceX announces it will send a spacecraft to Mars by 2018. Okay. So they're just mean they don't they're not saying a manned spacecraft. Just a spacecraft. The mission, which SpaceX is calling Red Dragon, will involve sending a Dragon 2 spacecraft to Mars to retrieve samples collected by <laughs> NASA's Mars rover and then return them to Earth. <laughs> okay. And then uh, Elon Musk on Twitter says, Dragon 2 is designed to be able to land anywhere in the solar system. Red Dragon Mars mission is the first test flight. <laughs> you wonder if they just named this thing to say that they sent a dragon to Mars. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, at this point, like, this guy I couldn't can do help but laugh. Yeah. It's like the dragon is heading to Mars in 2018. Dude, yeah, it's just, holy fuck, man. We're, we're about to do Mar- Mars missions. Yeah. This is huge, dude. Which is like... You know, it's surprisingly monumental, especially considering that it, it really dawned on me recently that we don't even really do moon missions anymore. We don't do shit. We haven't done anything since like the 70s. Yeah. Which is weird. Why don't we do that? Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I feel like it's a complicated answer. Yeah. With- so the fact that not only are we overcoming that hurdle of not having done anything like in the nearby area, but now we're launching forward into like straight up the unknown again. And a good friend of ours who uh, is in the Navy said that at the, um, the base that he was trained at, they actually, NASA has astronauts there uh, to learn about isolation because NASA is trying to send people to Mars. And like, Oh yeah. You you know, when you think about like it, when he told me that it it just amazed me because it, it truly is, human beings are fucking incredible. The fact that like (laughs) we are in the process of putting a fucking human being on Mars. And you think about all of those baby steps, the engineers who have to design everything, right. Then manufacture it, the fucking Mm. astronauts who have to learn about isolation. Mm -hmm. It's all of these tiny little steps to get to this incredible feat. Yeah. And I can't wait to, I mean, if, if it happens, if, and when, like what a day that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think, I mean, cause we've already sort of talked about a little bit. I don't know if it was NASA that was doing this, but there is that sort of, uh, establishment that there are people that are doing the one way trip to Mars, right? Then they're signing up in droves and correct. Yeah, I think so. I don't know the status of that, but that was definitely a thing. Yeah, and and so I think it's it, it speaks to the fa- of human endeavor, you know, just that we we aren't satisfied with what we have. I mean, it's cool. It's not that we're not not content with what we have, but we want to strive for more. We want to uh, push the boundaries, push the limits. And what better way when we have the technology to be able to do it than go maybe try and see about colonization, which might actually be something that's important in our future as a, as a species. You know, it's, it's definitely, it's almost like, it's almost like an evolutionary step to be able to go to an entirely different astronomical unit or like a planet and uh, set up shop. 
you know, be able to have that as a base of yours. I mean, we're going viral. <laughs> we're going yeah. space viral now, which is We're going to get cool. a new host. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it blows my mind, man. And just thinking about how these astronauts have to deal with isolation and, and then kind of thinking like, you will never smell cut grass again. You oh know, man, like, that really, that cuts to my core. Like, and, and you think about uh, you, the, the things you like and just every sensory experience you've had that's created a memory is tied to the environment that you're familiar with. And like the fucking bravery and courage to literally drop all of that. Like it's, right. it's immense, right. dude. It really is. And the, the astronauts who are training for this right now, like mm-hmm. that's a special kind of person. And God damn it. It's it's proud, you know? Thank you for being you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the convenience at which it's like, you know, it's the same story told in a different way about, you know, taking for granted things where you even just like being able to access water, you know, they're going to miss that. You know, they're going to miss that. They're going to wish they got some water. I just want to drink a little sip. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Electricity will be hard to be to come by. Water will be hard to come by. Uh, communications technology and stuff. I mean, it'll work, but everything that they're gonna do uh, in this whole venture to Mars, it's going to be a strenuous effort. And if one thing sort of like majorly goes wrong, they know that like it might just all go up in smoke, yep. which is. I think I think is probably the biggest part about it. I mean, it's one thing to be like, we're going to uncharted lands and we're going to go like make this place something that's yeah colonizable or we're going to make this a human territory. But just to know that space is really scary because the proportions and the sort of epicness of like speed that's going on in space, like even if you're just going to be a satellite going around the earth you're going like thousands and thousands of miles an hour and uh if you're gonna try and uh set up shop like everything is going to be such a difficult task so just knowing that you're putting yourself in conditions like that is definitely a bravery uh, man it's bravery yeah and i don't think i have i i honestly i do not have the balls to do i don't know if i do either yeah i know i don't (laughs) i'm not gonna try and act like i would be ready to go to mars at any point in time yeah no i feel you man well i had a couple i like two more news stories but honestly i think we had a pretty good fill there and and the other two just seem boring in comparison to the one that we've talked about at this point so let's go ahead and end the news segment there cool those were dense those Those were were, those were solid yeah that was a good little uh discussion there so let's come back here after halftime and then let's uh let's let's revisit the beer Okay, let's do it. If you want to follow the show once the mics have turned off, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Witty Banter Show. Also, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash wittybanterpodcast and help the show get discovered by leaving a review on iTunes. And finally, steer the conversation by sending a question to wittybantershow at gmail.com or suggest a beer for us to review by going to our website, wittybantershow.com. That's enough plugs. Let's get back to the show. We're back. Yeah. What do you think about this beer, man? I think if I could just get a little spritz of uh, <laughs> in my drink there. <laughs> hey, bartender. Is that like a safe thing to, to get a spritz of bit of It's whatever you want it to be, man. In your, in your drink. Uh, so, yeah. Um, 
like you said before, it is sort of dry and it's a pretty straightforward taste. Uh, again, it's 5.4% alcohol by volume. And just to reiterate, if you're coming in halfway in, this is the Prairie Artisan Ales Tulsa Rugby Ale. Boom. So, yeah, I'm liking it. It really, there's not really anything that's just like jumping out of me though. You know, with every, with, with a lot of the beers that we have, sometimes we'll have something to grab onto where it's like, this is really, uh, like bitter. I'm getting this super specific taste. For me, this is pretty straightforward. <laughs> this is pretty straightforward for me. Okay. What do you got on it? I fucking like this yeah, beer. Yeah, you do. So it's sessionable for you. It's sessionable. <laughs> it's got this sprightly nature where it's a little bit... I don't know if we've ever used that term before, ever. Sprightly? <laughs> yeah, I'm just oh, kidding. Yeah, we never I'm used just that one. <laughs> it's a little more carbonated than usual, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. It smells kind of citrusy. It's got this mandarin. I'm going to stick with mandarin. Yeah, it's got this mandarin smell to it, but it has like a bit of Belgian yeastiness to it. Sort of getting that, but huh? then you start to taste it, right? Mm-hmm. And on first sip, I don't get any of the smells. In fact, I almost get like a dull, earthy flavor. Yeah. And what's really fucking awesome? It's an American pale ale, and to me, like all most American beers are a little hoppier than I think they maybe should be. Mm-hmm. I don't really get a lot of hop or bitterness in this one. Mm-hmm. I get just this dry, crisp, forward feeling on my tongue. But mm-hmm. then when you drink it, it's like buttery and smooth as shit. Yeah, it goes down quite Dude, well. This is one of the, like the mouthfeel on this beer is what is taking it home for me. Like yeah. it is the tent pole by which I am propping up all of the praise. It is fucking dope. You wouldn't go so far as to say maybe even that it's complex though, right? Nah. You just like you just like what it's do what it's providing. It's so fun to drink. Yeah. It's easy to drink. The the it's like the mouthfeel has two stages. I've never fucking Yeah. It's unheard of. But it but but would you say that the the mouthfeel having two stages d- does it stick around in your mouth? Yeah. Cuz like, I would say it's um, for me when I drink it, it just seems sort of like in and out. You See, know I, I drink mean? it and like the the carbonation like almost tickles the front end of my tongue. Okay. And then after I swallow and take the rest of the sip, it then like just hangs out for a minute in this real smooth, just buttery nature, man. But yeah. it is, but it's dry. It's not sweet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not sweet. You don't need all this bitterness to counteract it. So there's not yeah. like too much going on with it. Yeah. It, I, and I feel like when uh, almost sometimes whenever you have just even a, an American pale ale or just a pale ale, uh, because it is considered a pale ale, there is some that I've had that are like a little bit more bitter and hoppy than I would necessarily like. Yeah. Uh, and this isn't. This is, yeah, really straightforward, really nice. It doesn't sting at all. Uh, and yeah, buttery is, I think, a solid sort of uh, a description for the way that the mouthfeel. Yeah. So I agree. Okay. I like it. It's a good uh, good synopsis for after the halftime. Kick ass. Well, let's go ahead and transition into our uh, our segment this week. Let's do it. We're going to be doing another top three. My number three is definitely Goku's hair. I think my number two's got to be Hyper Beam. My number one is without a doubt Woody Banter. Top three. And you know what? Like top three has been a staple of this show for a long time. It's like it's almost our calling card segment. I think so. Yeah. 
And, you know, at first I was like, I was getting a little fatigued by it. You wonder if, if you use it too much. Yeah. But yeah. I got to be honest. I think it just means that I just wasn't thinking of good top threes. I think you're right. I mean, as far I as... I think, yeah, you suck at <laughs> the top threes. Well, no. I mean, I was contributing some of the top threes, too. It's not that there's anything wrong with necessarily the structure of what it is. We just got to fill it in with the right canvas or the right paint on yeah. the canvas, baby. We've got a beautiful coloring book. Absolutely. And uh, we just need to get the right box of crowns out. Let's do it, Van Gogh. F- God Let's damn do it, it. Van Gogh. Okay. Come on. Let's do it. <laughs> Hunter, you've been driving a lot, man. I have. You've been yeah, coming yeah, up yeah. to Austin back and forth. You're fucking laboring. I'm trying to be the working man right now. Yeah. My question is, what are your top three driving songs? So so a song to drive you, to that you drive to. You put you hit the open road and you're like, I'm gonna fucking put this song on and I'm going to cruise. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, so let's do this the is normal. Interesting. This is yeah. We'll do the the pyramidal scheme. Okay. Yeah. The three and the two and then the one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and I will preface this by saying he's going to preface it. Usually, I actually think of driving in the terms of albums because you usually have yeah. a little bit more time. Yeah, it's true to contribute to it. If I was going to start, I'm going to make you got to do songs though. Okay, yeah, we're going to do songs. Um, and my my third choice will be based off of not necessarily that I think it's like the best song to drive to or that it's awesome. That's the, that's the segment. A lot of it is the nostalgia that was driven from this uh-huh. song. Okay. Um, so whenever I first got my car and I was 15, I, uh, I made a set or like a CD. I burned a CD yeah. on my computer. Feeling alive, yeah. feeling free. 16 years old. Uh-huh. And uh, the first song that I wanted to, to hear whenever I was in my car driving around on my own and free was Bittersweet Symphony. Wow. It was the, uh, it was like the, you know, and it just, it, for me, that was going to encapsulate all of the emotion of just like, I am free and I can do whatever the fuck I want. And that means go to Whataburger. Yeah, that means drive around Cochran's Crossing and then drive back home. Yep, exactly. But, but yeah, so I think that'll be my number three. A lot of that song, which I'm pretty sure that's by the Verve Pipe. Yeah, um, okay. I forget. They, uh, but yeah, that that song sort of encapsulated that feeling of being 16 for me and and getting the car and you know I I love my car. I actually really like being out on the open road and um, open road, baby. That was that was the song. That was the first song on the first CD that I burned for my car. That was specifically like this was meant to. Put me in a good mood. Enjoy my time sort of to myself while driving. Yeah, Bittersweet Symphony. Nice. I like that. Yeah. My number three. I'm going to go with the Depeche Mode song. Ooh, okay. Digging deep. This song is called Barrel of a Gun. Hmm. And Depeche Mode has a, a special place in my heart. My entire family loves them. So I grew up listening to them. But more specifically, I listen to the most Depeche Mode with my uncle when I was like in kindergarten in his car. Okay. It's like when I was driving yeah. with Sean. That sounds appropriate. Yeah, we were we were fucking jamming Depeche Mode. The Depeche Mode sounds like a band that your uncle told you about. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like it's just one of these songs where 
I think it might just be the association of I was in a car when I heard them. So it's now like it's one of those go tos that I get in a car. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I look to Depeche Mode first, usually, mm-hmm. you know, and they're a huge reason why I'm so into 80s music, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, that band is fantastic. Yeah. The Depeche Mode. Okay, cool. I can dig it. I actually, you know, I haven't listened to that much Depeche Mode, man. I don't think you'd like it. <laughs> you don't think I would like it? I mean, I think they're incredibly, it's pop music. It's mostly like, it's 80s feel almost, right? Or is that what it is super fucking 80s, super, dude. I mean, dude, I actually really dig the 80s. Do you, though? I mean, not to the point where I listen to it a lot, but it, like when I hear an 80s song, I'm just like, gosh, this makes me happy. I mean, you Dave know? Gahan's voice is just hauntingly majestic. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah. If you want to listen to him, I got songs for you. <laughs> I got to know where you can start. Don't you worry. Yeah, we'll take care of you. Um, so I think another song that I really uh, enjoy driving to is... Um, this is a song, I think it was actually on that same CD that I burned. Oh, well, like holy shit. Thing. But, uh, you know, so much for me as a musician, I feel like so much of my experience in driving and listening to music has been what I've decided to listen and sing along to. Yeah. Um, it's your private space. So there is, there is really this onus on choosing songs. That are singable? Well, that, I mean... For me, songs that are good songs to drive to are good songs that I can basically practice practice singing, yeah. singing to. Um, so, uh, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You by ah. Led Zeppelin was this song where I really felt like I started trying to pick up on the dynamics of what Robert Plant was doing uh, with Led Zeppelin. And, you know, there was... There was low, you know, sort of low, kind of like, ah, nah, you know, and, and he, he had like a cool timbre on his lower parts, but then his high, like his high range was what really made me be like, I have, I really want to hit these yeah. notes. And it helped me uh, expand my range. Uh, so that was a song that it, it really made me think a lot about the dynamics of music and, and I really wanted to be able to sort of nail the way that Robert Plant was doing it. So I'm going to put, babe, I'm going to leave you. Good as choice. My number two, my number two song to just drive around and sing along to. Nice. Okay, cool. Cool. My number two, I'm going to pick horror business from the misfits. Ooh, I'm, I feel kind of remiss not having a Misfits song yeah. in here, man. I fucking love driving to the Misfits. Yeah. Because, like... Especially maybe in, like, your, your tinier cars where you can whip them around. Yeah. The Misfits have this aesthetic to me where it's, like... It, it's, it's like a punk version of 1950s greaser gangs. You know? Or, like, mm. you know, that sort of, like, American graffiti-esque... Um, <laughs> Blue jeans, white t-shirt, fucking greased hair, and sunglasses, right? Where Style. It, where it's like, but you're, you're fucking, you want some trouble, right? <laughs> There's something about horror business where it's that bass rip that's just like, and you're like, I can just picture myself with my hand on the wheel. And, I, and the thing is, I love listening to the Misfits in the dead of summer when it's just hot 
and I'm mm-hmm. sweaty and I'm like about to go to like Barton Springs or something. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm, and I'm like, cause that's when it's like, fuck it. Like let the heat beat down on me. Like it's, it's hot. I'm looking for fun, you know, mm-hmm. like let's do this thing. And like horror business just has this sort of, it kind of, it, 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 the lyrics for some reason make me think of like motels, which you typically drive by when you're driving and shit. And like, sure. There's just something about it, man. It's a great driving song. Yeah, dude, the Misfits are great, man. They're incredible. I actually really like working out to the Misfits, too, man. Because they have these real short, concise, like, punch-in-the-gut songs. Yeah. So you're kind of like, I'm going to rock this set. And it's just like two minutes, and I'm going to burn out to this Right, right. Um, Number one, The Shining Glory. Getting down to the number uno. Yeah, the crown jewel. Are you going to be disappointed if I actually wagon wheel this on on the band that we talked about a little bit earlier? Maybe. I don't know. We talked about one band earlier in the show, Chase. Oh, okay. Nah, man. Radiohead is my favorite band. And uh, I'm just gonna, you know, I feel like I would be re- like an idiot to not to have them as because I, I listen to them in my car all the time. Um, I'm gonna say probably everything in its right place as my number one song that I enjoy driving to. Yeah, well, I mean, what about this song says driving <sighs> for you? For me, Dupupan. It does go back on. Uh, sort of my relationship with singing and driving. And um, that was a song where I, I practiced a lot about like harmonies and I wanted to, I wanted to harmonize with some of the like chorus stuff that Tom York was doing. And I always thought that it was really cool how they had all like the weird like uh, robotic E sounding like repeating almost even probably in reverse sometimes his vocals and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a movie called Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise that also has this song as its intro. And I feel like this song is like a really good intro song. It's a song that like, if I'm going to just have gotten in my car, I like to hear. Yeah. I think... Uh, it's the first song on the record, man. Yeah, yeah. I think I also burned like my own like favorite, like Radiohead favorites CD and it was just, it was the you first song. sit in your room and like candles and <laughs> just <laughs> listen to it over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and it was the first song on that CD, you know? It was, it's a song for me that, yeah, it's like, gets me in the zone a yeah. little bit. So... Even though I'm sure there are probably better songs to road trip to, you know, mm-hmm. you have like your your classic rock songs that are probably more enjoyable and all this stuff. But as far as just songs like if I'm going to and from work and I'm going, you know, to a place along the way, um, the, these are the songs that I would like to sing to and that I'd like to just enjoy getting into the zone to. And everything in its right place is like one of those songs, I think, for me. So nice. Probably put it at number one. That leaves my number one, mm-hmm. The Scepter. I'm going <laughs> to give my number one to Red Barchetta from Rush. <laughs> A song about driving. Okay. That song. Red Barchetta is about driving? Yeah. Okay. The, I, I don't even know what Red Barchetta is a reference to. Red Barchetta is a car. It's a, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a Red Barchetta. And like <laughs> the, the story in the song goes that there's been a law where you can't drive anymore or something. And the main character is like 
uncle or grandfather or something keeps this car in his barn and he goes there and they just fucking joyride mm. all across the countryside and they race, they find somebody and they race them, you know, <laughs> and like, you've just got Neil Pert in full swing. I mean, it's off of moving pictures, which was the record that mm-hmm. they just fucking batted it out of the park with. What are the highlights of the song as far as like uh, sort of the instrumentation? I, I mean, feel like. You've got the, that's with all of the little harmonics, like the ding, 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 yeah. And just all of the fucking hi-hat work that Neil Peart's doing in like, always. just like that bass is so punchy and awesome. And it's about driving, you know, it's Rush, Rush is just incredible. Yeah. I'm honorable mention cake going the distance, a song about racing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I would give an honorable mention, but I think I'm lost for it right now. I can't, can't, can't put a finger on it. That's fine. You're not required to give honorable <laughs> mentions. Just if we need to. Well, that's been a fun top three. I actually, I was interested to hear what you had to say. Cause yeah. uh, I figured I was like, this is, you know, it's like, what's your top three favorite this, you know? But if we like get, <laughs> if we get a little more granular with it, I feel like we can get into some interesting little discussions. Yeah. And I, it's, it's interesting because I think like everybody has like a different sort of way that they choose to, you know, fill in their time while driving. And for me, I mean, personally, a lot of my decisions were based off of just the fact that when I'm by myself, and no one's going to hear me. Yeah. I might as well just sing my heart out. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I choose songs that I guess were influential for me in becoming a singer and developing in that manner. Kick ass. All right. Let's go to the mail corner. Oh, just kidding. Nobody emailed. Yeah. It's, it's not even worth Look, it. Look, we haven't really, I mean, we're, we're doing the podcast again, but we haven't like kicked in the whole new apparatus that we've got planned. Yes. Um, and then if we get to the point where we kick in the new apparatus and we don't get emails, I'm fucking hunting people down. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, I literally told people that were in my band today. I was like, dude, I will pay you. Like, oh, I'll buy you a drink. Yeah. I'll buy you drinks tonight. I will say this. If you just give me an email, just send me, ask me what my favorite underwear is. You know, if like, you like this. the show, you've been listening to Witty Banter for two years now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. It's not easy. <laughs> fucking takes effort. We got to sit down. We got to get the outline done. Yeah. We got to talk for an hour and a half or however long. We got to think about shit, plan things. If you want, it's free. <laughs> and it's free. It's fucking free. <laughs> Hours we've done this of our lives. Free. The least you could do. If you want to pay us back, you just open up your browser. You got a fucking Gmail or whatever you use. And you type in wittybantershow at gmail.com and you ask us a question. If, if nothing else. Be a part of the show. If nothing else, if you enjoy being an asshole. Yes. You can troll us. Dude. You can tell us how shitty we are and you can email us in and we'll be like, eh, yeah, you know. But I will dedicate a segment called Go Fuck Yourself Chase. <laughs> if you want to email me and tell me to, to shove it. I'm open to that. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't get that. But seriously, that if obtrusive. you want to email in, we'd love to talk about any, like, just throw something at us, you know? If, like, Help I, us 
direct the show. I want the know? guys to talk about this. I wonder what Hunter thinks about fucking scratch and sniff stickers. Yeah. For him, against him. Is he, does he like the smelly markers instead? Yeah. Did Seriously. Hunt, you know, like. We will field we your will question. Mm-hmm. But alas, here we are without a question. So <laughs> let's go ahead and rate this beer and get out of here. I will go ahead and rate it first, Hunter. Wow, taking up the I'm mantle. I'm taking up the mantle. He wants to put a point. This on. beer is an eight. Ooh. It's a great beer. Okay. This beer really shocked me. Yeah. I'm, Lay it on me. I'm going to just go ahead and go through the summary of what we've already said because I felt like I've said a lot. Okay. Go through the gambit. This is how it smells. Fantastic. <laughs> It's got this, it's just Belgian-y enough for it to be like a characteristic, but not enough for me to hate it, because I really do start to dislike like Belgian-y beers that are banana-y and stuff, but it's got a bit in there. Okay. But then it's got this nice, crisp citrus taste, Mm -hmm. and that crispness translates into the first part of the sip, where when you first sip it, all of the uh, carbonation, I think there's a little bit extra in this one than usual, really like tickles your tongue. And you get sort of like this dull earthiness that kind of cuts into that citrus smell in a really interesting way. And then as it finishes and it goes across your tongue and you get, you just, you finish out the taste, like Mm -hmm. that buttery smoothness that's just dry and not sweet Mm -hmm. and just balanced as hell is unbelievable, man. This beer is fantastic. It's, it's an eight. Okay. Well done. I'm glad that you were as stoked about this beer as you were. Yeah. I'm going to go a little lower than you, which is actually the opposite of the norm. Yeah, we've been trending in a different way. Yeah, do you remember Do you remember when we did uh, the 50th episode? I got all averages. the statistics. On average, I definitely rate higher than you. Oh, well, yeah. I'm <laughs> harder to impress, Hunter. <laughs> I'm going to go a lower. I'm going to give this a 7. Okay. Um, the oh. reason why I give this a 7 is because I do think that it is a solid take on a pale ale. Um, I think that there is just the slightest bit of, you know, like your hoppy bitterness and, you know, it it has enough there. Um, I just wish something would jump out more so for me. I wish that there was something that was more, uh, that I could grab onto and that I had like something to sort of talk about. I feel like whenever I, I drink this, I do note that it goes down easy. It is like this sort of sessionable, straightforward beer, but I feel like I, I almost have nothing to really put a finger on with it. And, and if, if there was something that maybe, even if it was like not something I didn't like as much, it would still be more interesting, I think, for me. Um, so... I, I, I dig the effort, and I think that it was like a, definitely a solid take. There's not a whole lot that I don't like about it, that's for sure. But, uh, but yeah, I would like maybe, maybe just a little bit more of something. Well, it sounds so, so specific. So, uh, so a seven is what I give it from the lack of, uh, the, lack of the punch that okay. I'm getting. I get that. Okay. Well, that's the end of the episode, Hunter. It's time we get out of here. Let's go ahead and tell them about Witty Banter and where they can find it. Witty Banter is on iTunes. If you search Witty Banter, you can hit subscribe and all of our episodes will show up in your download queue for free. If you don't have iTunes, that's okay because you can just go to our website, which we've actually redesigned. It's almost finished. It's getting close. WittyBanterShow.com. You can just download the episode straight from there. Uh, I believe we're on Google Play. I got to check to make sure, but we're, we're expanding. We're trying to get to as many podcast apps as we can, pretty sure. And I'll have a good list for you guys uh, shortly. 
Um, go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Witty Banter Show on both of those. We're not as active yet, but we're going to be soon, and we'll probably be using those to start fielding questions and stuff as well. I'm also on Twitter. You can follow me at Bodacious Chase, and Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also recently started streaming games on Twitch. So if you go to twitch.tv slash Bodacious Chase and follow me there, you can see some of my gaming and commentary live sessions. They're a lot of fun. Um, Kids getting big. Big up in the up in the Twitter and Twitch need game. some bigger britches. <laughs> getting hefty. I'm getting fucking. <laughs> I'm a husky with my following right now. <laughs> That's what we like. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. That's been Witty Banter episode number fifty-eight. Uh, we're still working towards you know getting it out machine gun style. The apparatus is almost there in place. We finished basically every task we've set out for ourselves, which is really cool. Yeah, um, it's just sort of it just needs to come together at this point. But um, dominoes are falling. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. And also, you know, if you like this, we have a huge back catalog that you can go through. We have over 55, 70 episodes or so. So you can just there's a lot of good ones in there. It's important um, to point that out, man. We have a lot of really good points in this episode episode 40 we talked we were at the brewery we're at you know we got some solid ones with some great guests in the past yeah. and whether or not we get to see those people again on the show hopefully Most of them we are dead. will yeah <laughs> hopefully we will get them back on the show but you should go check them out definitely we'd like for you to well hunter thanks for uh, coming down here and doing the show and for myself and for hunter this has been witty banter thank you so much for listening we will see you next time Beep-a-beep-a-beep-a-beep-a. Beep-a-beep-a-beep-a.